I can guarantee you that any relationship in your life that is not fulfilling, it is because at least one of these three requirements is lacking. That's Shasta Nelson, and this is The Depression Detox Show. Here we go. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs. Hope you had a great weekend and are ready to start off this week's show. But before that, let's jump into the topic of the week, which is all about relationships and more specifically, how we can better navigate and form better, more meaningful relationships with the people that we're closest with. And to start off this week's show, we have a leading expert on friendship and healthy relationships to share three tips we all need in order to have fulfilling relationships. Here's Shasta Nelson. Enjoy. Our world is fractured by an epidemic of loneliness. And I'm not so worried about the stereotypical recluses and hermits that we kind of tend to picture when we you know, think of that word, I am more worried about the vast majority of us in this room who are lonely and don't acknowledge it, who may not even recognize it in our lives. You know, we often think, I can't be lonely. I know more people than I can keep in touch with. And yet, we report feeling largely unknown. We know more people than any time in history. And yet, we feel very much like we have nobody to confide in. Our social networks just keep growing and growing and growing, and yet so too do our doubts about whether we actually have a safety net and who would be in it should we need it. Modern-day loneliness is not because we need to interact more. It's because we need more intimacy. Case in point, I was one of my moments of loneliness. I was actually hanging out with five of my closest friends. And we had met on a weekly basis. We had taken a few weeks off for the holiday vacation. And we were coming back together and decided to go around the circle and each give a little update on what life had looked like in the last month. And so when it got to the fourth person, the one right before my turn, she said something that reminded somebody of something they had read, which reminded that person of something that their sister had said over the holiday, and you know where this is going, the train left the station, and I had not shared. And I remember thinking, any minute now, one of them is going to say, oh, wait, we should get back to the sharing so we can hear about Shasta's holiday. Nope. And then somebody looked at their watch and said, oh, I didn't realize what time it was. I need to go. And I said, oh, they are going to feel so bad when one of them realizes, like, wait, we haven't heard from Shasta yet. And they, one by one, hugged me, and we all said goodbye, and we left. And I got in my car, and I was driving away from time with friends, and I have this little, I don't know, you have this, I have a two-year-old bratty voice in my head. She's got pigtails, and she was like all huffy and puffy and was like, I can't believe it. Seriously, you're the one that's like facilitating the sharing time, and then they don't even want to hear from you? You need better friends. I had friends. My loneliness wasn't from lack of friendships. My loneliness was because I didn't feel seen. And friendship, the closest relationship we have, friendship intimacy, is where two people both feel seen in a safe and satisfying way. 
I did not feel that. And I am not alone. When I asked over 6,000 people in the last couple of years, how fulfilling are your friendships on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the most satisfying, how close do you feel with your friends? Think about that number for a second. Any, on any of my surveys, anywhere between 50 to 70% of us score a five or below. We are not just leaning toward dissatisfaction with our closeness of our relationships. We are two to four times more likely to put a one or a two than we are to say we're fulfilled with a nine or a 10. This is a lot of relationship dissatisfaction. We are hungry for being close to each other. And contrary to popular advice, when this loneliness happens, the answer is not go meet more people, join a club, make new friends. The answer is actually learn how to develop better friendships. The vast majority of us have never taken a class on how to build relationships. And so I went and I compiled, uh, like when you look at all the social scientists and what they're studying when they look at what bonds any two people, who we can fight in, what makes two people best friends, how, what makes for a healthy marriage, what builds trust, three common denominators emerge. And it's like a formula. You have to have all three. You can't just have two of them. And so I want to unpack all three of these. And I use what I call a friendimacy triangle so we can see how they fit together. And at the beginning of all of our relationships, the first requirement is the letter P, and that is positivity. Because how many of you woke up this morning and thought, I wish I just had a few more cranky, whining, manipulative people in my life that made me feel like I was never doing enough? When we want friendship, we want the reward, we want joy, we want to feel good, we want, this comes from smiles and laughter and kindness and acts of service and empathy and uh, validation, gratitude, affirmation, all those things that leave us feeling accepted. And let's be clear, this does not mean we have to be Pollyanna, we still get to cry on each other's shoulders, and we still get to vent and complain, but social science is telling us that every relationship to stay healthy has to have a ratio of five positive interactions for every negative interaction. So that means for every withdrawal you're making from your whining and complaining, you have to be making five deposits of joy and reward. Requirement for all healthy relationships. The second requirement, the letter C, is consistency. Because we've all met people we enjoy and are positive and have fun being around, but if we never saw them again, that wasn't a friendship. Consistency is the hours logged, it's the history we build, it's the time we spend together, This is where we make rituals and we create patterns. We increase our interactions. This is where we get to know each other. Uh, This is actually, as we put consistent time in together, this is actually how we build consistent, uh, we start knowing what consistent behavior looks like. This is where trust happens, this one. When we say, I want to trust somebody, we don't ever want to feel like we're walking on eggshells, meaning we don't know how to predict how you're going to respond. We feel safe when we can predict, and we can predict why we have created a pattern and we spend more time with each other. This is actually the one that made friendship feel automatic when we were kids, because school was consistent. And this is the one we still end up building relationships at work, at school, at church, and associations, because our consistency is automatic. You wouldn't pick those people to be your friends if you had a lineup of 20 other options. You're friends with them because you have consistency with them, and you end up building these other two components in. A lot of us have relationships that we enjoy, the positivity, and that we do things on a regular basis. But without the third requirement, it's not a healthy friendship. And the third requirement is vulnerability. Vulnerability is where we share, where we reveal, where we let people in and let more of us be seen. 
I teach five different types of vulnerability in my book, but suffice it to say, it's not just sharing the skeletons in your closet, the insecurities and the shame. It's also talking about what's going well and, su- and your successes and risk bragging to your friends. It's also sharing our history, our dreams. It's being able to articulate what we're feeling and ask for what we need from somebody else. That is tremendous vulnerability. Because at the end of the day, for us, we want to feel loved, and we only feel loved if we feel known, and we can only feel known if we actually share ourselves. So as I was driving home that day, and my two-year-old was just having her little pity party and just being like, remember, you need better friends. You are too good for these people. Uh, Another little quiet but oh-so-wise voice was trying to get my attention, too. She eventually broke through my little sob story, and she said, you know, Shasta, you could have handled that differently, too. I was like, excuse me? Seriously, you're putting that on me? That is so not my fault. And she goes, we're not talking about fault. We're talking about connection. You could have just as easily said, hey, before we talk about X, I want to make sure I have a chance to tell you about Y. And you know your friends would have leaned in and been like, oh, yes. I mean, it's one thing if they were like, oh, no, we are purposely trying to not have you talk. But they would have jumped in, leaned in, and been present. And then you could be driving home, Shasta, feeling connected instead of licking your imaginary wounds. My friends made a mistake. That happens. That's one act of positivity that didn't feel all that great. But at the end of the day, somebody asking about my life is not one of the three requirements of relationship. What is one of the three requirements of relationship is both people feeling seen, and I had neglected to share. At the end of the day, that's an act of vulnerability to say, I need to speak up for my needs. But that's a muscle I could have practiced building. I can guarantee you that any relationship in your life that is not fulfilling, it is because at least one of these three requirements is lacking. You can look at any relationship in your life and identify, oh yeah, that one, well, we hardly ever see each other. It always feels good when we've got the positivity and the, yeah, but it's because we don't have consistency. Or, oh yeah, and you can kind of quickly start identifying exactly which one of these would make the biggest difference for moving your relationships Your vast network of so many people, it is not that you are lonely from lack of people. It's you're lonely for intimacy. Big thanks to Shasta for stopping by and sharing those three tips with us. You can connect with her by visiting her website, ShastaNelson.com, or you can follow her on Instagram at ShastaNelson. Or you can pick up her latest book entitled Friendtimacy, How to Deepen Friendships for Lifelong Health and Happiness. And if you like today's clip, there will be a link to the entire talk in the show description, along with all the links to connect with Shasta. And I will see you back here Wednesday when we have our very first duo making their debut on the show to continue this week's topic. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.